Jedi Council is a podcast for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council podcast, where we like to explore mental health and your favorite fictional characters. This is your longtime absent graduate student podcast co-host, Brandon Saxton. And you're briefly on vacation, but now back and ready to podcast co-host, Professor Katie Gordon. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. I'm very happy to be back in podcasting. I missed it. Uh, we both had some vacation. Mm-hmm. We were off last week, and I it gave me a little reflection time to think about how much I've enjoyed connecting with people through this medium. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a ton of fun to record the episodes. It's fun to connect with people on Twitter and Facebook, and I feel like we've kind of electronically met some new people and talked about our shared interests in mm-hmm. mental health and nerdy stuff, and I'm just really grateful for that. It's so fun. Yeah, me too. It it I also thought about podcasting a lot on vacation because it's weird how it's really become integrated in my life recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, where one week off really felt like a long time, and in fact, I have no idea what I'm doing anymore. It's like, <laughs> put the training wheels back on. I I am going to tell our listeners, they can probably hear my squeaky chair. I'm just going <laughs> to hop off of that for the time being, because we're actually not recording in our usual studio. We're, our, we're at a satellite recording mm-hmm. studio, so if you hear any of the uh, noises that I'm not able to edit out due to my low ability of editing but uh, improving quite but improving. significantly yeah thank you very much that's really nice of you to say so so no more squeaking chair and nothing else because now i've changed chairs <laughs> all right katie what are we talking about today well we're going to talk about obsessive compulsive disorder today we got a, a lot of great questions and character suggestions from twitter thank you all to the people who submitted that after looking over them brandon and i decided that we would make this one of our two-part mm-hmm. Classic. <laughs> One of the classic Jedi Council multi-series yeah. episodes. Yeah, so I think, uh, like usual, when we kind of do these, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the disorder today. Uh, how does obsessive-compulsive disorder maybe compare to obsessive-compulsive personality disorder? What are some of the diagnostic criteria? What are some of the treatments? And maybe we'll sprinkle in some pop culture examples, and then next time we will uh, really dive into some of the great characters that people suggested like uh, Adrian Monk was one, or Sheldon Cooper was another one. Uh, and I think we've got a couple of uh, other ones sort of in mind for that. That's right. We also have um, Emma Pillsbury from Glee. There are a lot of good ones that people suggested mm-hmm. that I forgot about, and so thank you all for submitting those. I even think that was one you suggested. Emma Pillsbury, or did someone on Twitter suggest that I one? thought someone on Twitter said Oh, it's possible. But it's possible. I'll take the credit, though. Sure, you know absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes we have so many interesting uh, suggestions on Twitter that I do a bad job of keeping up with them because... They, the notifications go so quickly. <laughs> I should really carry a little uh, Twitter notepad so I can make notes as we go along. I, I think that'll be something we'll, we'll make sure to do next time. So also, having the two-part episodes allows for people to also send us, if you're listening to this and have stuff that you'd like us to discuss next week, let us know. We'd be happy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So maybe we can start by jumping in a little bit and just talk about obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, that's kind of the main topic of, of interest. So maybe we'll just start there and talk a little bit about the disorder. I'm trying to think ahead of time, Katie, because what uh, a huge part of what we have done with the Jedi Council is try to address any myths mm-hmm. or misconceptions. And I'm trying to think of any that are commonly held. And I'm having a hard time for OCD. Uh, is there anything that jumps out for you? Well, one thing that I can think of is that, you know, we've talked about the use of language and mm-hmm. mental health terms kind of generally by people before. Um, you know, like someone will say, that person's acting so bipolar, and usually I don't think they're meaning any harm, but I think nonetheless it can be harmful for people and contribute to misunderstandings about the disorder. For example, if someone's saying negatively that someone's so bipolar and there are people who are suffering from Mm -hmm. it, they might be insulted by that. So with regards to OCD, the thing that stands out to me maybe is people who have a preference for something, like they like things to be clean and they're like, oh, I'm so OCD. Or they are, um, you know, someone has one way of doing something and like stop being so OCD because it's not the way they prefer. And so like we understand what they're saying. I'm not trying to criticize people's intentions of being description, but to be clear, OCD is a distressing impairing disorder. It's not having a preference for things being a certain way Mm -hmm. or an annoyance when people do something a little bit differently than Mm -hmm. you. And so that kind of comes to mind in terms of a level of degree. And I personally just try to be a little intentional in my use of language and how I'm describing things. And so I might describe that behavior like if someone's like, I, you know, just really like to have things organized this way. I might think about like, yeah, you maybe you're super neat about stuff Mm -hmm. or you have the rather than using the the mental disorder term to describe it. So that's the thing that comes to mind. But what have you heard that before? Oh, yeah. In fact, I don't have any data or statistics to back this, but just based on my own anecdotal experience of navigating the world. The the example of this I hear the most often is depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed, but I would say almost equal, if not maybe, is OCD mm-hmm. used in that way. Just used uh, um, as an example of, like you put it really well, someone who likes things maybe a little neater or cleaner or or kind of tidy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that's a really good uh, a good example, and and that's something we've talked about in the show before. It's just mm-hmm. being careful and. Uh, and mindful of the words that we use and and the impact those words might have on on other people. Yeah, I, I other think other than that, though, I can't think of any misconceptions that really go along with OCD. Uh, maybe on the level with some of the other disorders that we've covered, uh, like dissociative identity disorder as well. I don't think OCD is misrepresented in the same way as something like that is. At least in pop culture, uh, that's just kind of my sense. I, I think you're absolutely right. We had a few, I think three separate individuals tweeted at us about some about something that's kind of related, though, that they said that sometimes obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is depicted fictionally, and people kind of refer it as OCD, and it's understandable yeah. that those things would be confused because oh, yeah. they have basically this identical words except personality is in one of them but they actually are different so that's kind of you think about the classification system of Mm -hmm. why people would be confused so that was one thing people wanted us to talk about which i think is totally understandable Mm -hmm. i 
for folks who might not have the same kind of training or background, I I I would never fault someone for mixing up OCD and OCPD oh, or yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder, obsessive compulsive exactly. disorder. Yeah, exactly. So maybe while we're talking about that, we should clarify that now because people were saying that they felt that. OCPD sometimes is actually more represented. And I noticed this too mm-hmm. when we were thinking about fictional characters. I was surprised by the number of people that met by that. And maybe once we go through the criteria, we could talk about why that might be. So, obsessive, so maybe we should step back first and say what a personality disorder is oh, thought to good. be. Yeah. So, personality disorder are generally used within, and I should say it's controversial, but we, uh, whether they should be separate from other disorders in terms of personality disorders because of some of what the scientific data says, but um, I think that's a whole other episode or series of episodes, but the general idea behind it, the concept is that certain people, um, if you have a persistent pattern since adolescence or early adulthood, and the way that you view things and the way that you interact with people that tends to lead to distress and impairment. And it doesn't seem to be something as specific as depression where there's an episode of it and then it goes into remission or schizophrenia where someone has that. Then it's thought to have to do with someone's personality taking them. So like antisocial personality disorder we've talked about before where that's where someone kind of their worldview of people is kind of callous and unemotional. They tend to have personality traits like impulsivity that lead them to certain things. And so that's the idea of a personality disorder. We'll go into more detail later, as we said, but I will say right away that what one of the reasons this is controversial is that some of the data suggests that people with personality disorders also can have episodic things where they go in and out of their functioning varies mm-hmm. over time. But we'll save all that for later. But for now... Obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is thought to be a general pattern of orderliness, perfectionism, excessive attention to details, having mental and interpersonal control, Um, so often thinking, um, not having a lot of flexibility about what you view to be the right way or moral way to do things, and people clinically that I've seen who present with this Often where they get into trouble is they insist that their way is right and they'll kind of argue with people about that. Sometimes people with this can have hoarding symptoms. There's kind of a, people can have different presentations of it because there are kind of different symptoms. But the basic idea here is a is a general approach to kind of rigidity, inflexibility, mm-hmm. orderliness. Yeah perfectionism for a a kind of a detailed uh written breakdown you might check out our blog post on bruce wayne or batman actually because that's another uh example that we've we wrote about and we've actually talked about at a few of the talks and uh, panels that we've done Mm -hmm. because that's one that i think catches people a little bit by surprise is my sense because uh people usually associate batman with ptsd and for reasons that are kind of beyond this episode, but you can read about, he doesn't quite fit within the criteria of PTSD, but he does fit within the criteria of obsessive-compulsive personality disorder really well with some of the things like uh, being sort of stubborn and rigid, uh, putting some of his work ahead of some of the relationships that he might have, uh, keeping objects like the uh, giant penny or a T-Rex in his cave. Uh, so things sort of like that. Um, that really fit him well within that uh, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder criteria or disorder. Yeah, you know, and another thing that I think is interesting that, you, and that's um, Brandon really 
wrote that blog post, though we, we share authorship on most of the things, one of the really interesting points I thought you made, too, is how he is kind of unwilling to delegate to yes. other people, even within the Justice League, even though he's like the one without the supernatural yep. type powers. Really he runs things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, uh, in, there's uh, multiple times and multiple stories where he'll, uh, you know, for example, in the, I think it's, uh, the movie is called Justice League Doom. I think the graphic novel is Tower of Babel. Uh, Batman has the these contingency plans made for each member of the Justice League in case one of them were to go rogue or something were to happen to them so they could be neutralized. And those plans are stolen and manipulated so that used to try to kill the Justice League. And they get really upset with them and sort of say, you know, why would you do this? Uh, don't you trust us? And uh, basically tell him he needs to kind of get rid of that or he's off the team. And he kind of just tells them that they're idiots if they think that they shouldn't have something like that, which is... <laughs> very brazen i think so yeah yeah Yeah, he definitely has that so i and i think you know and one other example that is outside of the realm of comics or unusual stuff but that i think of is if there are any musical fans out there les miserables um javert is a very interesting character and he is kind of uh works with law enforcement and his big issue basically is he thinks the thinks the world is a certain way and the protagonist, Jean Valjean, he views him as a criminal and bad, but then, spoiler alert, but I think at this point I'm allowed to spoil him. <laughs> it's been around for oh, quite a while. Um, basically, what throws him completely off balance is that this, this criminal who he was so sure because of his rigidity and his thinking was a bad person saves his life, and he basically can't tolerate that challenge to his worldview. And so anyway... Um, any musical fans just wanted to throw Javert out there as a kind of classic example of OCPD. And I think there are others throughout fiction. I bet if we thought some more about it, we could have some others oh, come to yeah, mind. absolutely. Because I think it makes for an interesting device, like plot device, when you have someone who has this, they're set in their ways and then something challenges it. Mm -hmm. I just think there's something really compelling about that. So if you have someone who's even more set in their ways than the average person, because most of us have this to some extent, not right. the disorder, but have the... We have our ways of believing things, our... and we kind of think we're rightish. Yeah, you know, it's an adaptive way to think about the mm -hmm. world a lot of the times because it mm -hmm. can, keeps you moving forward, mm -hmm. not constantly questioning yourself. That's right, and so that's been another thing about personality disorders. Is sometimes people argue these are adaptive traits at a certain level, oh, but yeah. you draw a line when they get to Thank the extreme. Thank you for qualifying that. I didn't mean the disorder was adaptive, oh, but no, rather no, no. just the view of no thinking confidently yeah. in your worldview is is adaptive. Oh, yeah. I agree. And just like I meant, uh, I, clarifying that we're set in our ways to some extent, that it's really when it gets to the extreme that it becomes. A concern, and yeah. that's the way it is with a lot of these personality traits. Like everything that, w or many things that we've mm -hmm. talked about on this podcast related to mental health disorders, it, it, a lot of it boils down to the impairment and the distress. Of course, yeah. Uh, are you so set in those ways that it's impairing your life? You're struggling socially, or struggling uh, maybe to find a job, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you argue with the boss because you disagree with them, and so much think you're right that you get fired, for example? Right. And that's that would not be adaptive. That would no. be impairing. Yeah. That yeah, and or in relationships, you could see how some of this stuff could play out in oh, friendships yeah. and romantic relationships. So that's OCPD. If you have more questions about this, let us know. Um, we will transition over, otherwise we'll transition over to talking about 
Obsessive compulsive yeah. disorder. Really the primary topic of today. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sort of sitting here talking and thinking, Katie, I'm, I'm thinking that at some point we should pencil in a, 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 just an episode on personality disorders. Yes. Because I think they are tricky to mm-hmm. so, sort of understand. Even for people with the training, it, sometimes it's hard to think about the differences. So I think we'll we'll add that to the schedule and, and we'll revisit OCPD as a part of that maybe. I agree. And also it happens to be a shared area of interest for us mm-hmm. both that we're both really interested in that where there are some people who are less interested in those models and that yeah. type of thing. So, Absolutely. So that sounds fun. Yeah. If you're like me. Yeah. Well, which, <laughs> in many ways, I am. <laughs> uh, so, obsessive-compulsive disorder, of course, uh, shortened OCD. A uh, little bit easier for podcasting purposes, just to say that. So, I might try to stick with it. Uh, really breaks down into two uh, primary components. So, you have obsessions and you have compulsions. Um, obsessions and compulsions. Uh, what, what's a quick and easy way to sort of differentiate those, I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. Compulsions might be things... Uh, related to like um, having to check a check all the doors in the house three times or something like that before you go to sleep. Uh, things I, I, am I am I incorrect in just thinking about it more as like uh, behavioral oriented with the. I, I, that's that's not a perfect way, but I'm trying to think of an easy, quick way. The compulsions yeah. tend to be more behavioral, whereas yes. obsessions are more the thoughts that right. trigger. So the thought that. Um, the door's unlocked is really intrusive and bothering yes. me, and I have a lot of anxiety about it. And then that would drive the behavior, right. like you're saying, to yes. check the door in an attempt to reduce anxiety. And the compulsions can be cognitive, yes, but so, most of the time mm, they're behavior. It's not a perfect way to think about it, but maybe just a really quick oh, way yeah. to sort of break it down. No, I, I agree with you on that. And so the obsessions can be experienced as kind of intrusive thoughts, and I think that one of the the things that's important to know is that a lot of us from time to time have weird like thoughts flash into our mind. We're like, where is that coming from? So like one of the more common ones that I've heard from people is if they're standing on a balcony and they have a sudden flash of jumping off and they're Mm. like, Whoa, where did that come from? And, um, but with obsessions, it's something where it's persistent and causing distress. And so that, like you said, it's, it's driving some other, type of behavior another example that one of the most common um is contamination so having the obsession that um you know i touched a doorknob what if it had germs i'm gonna get sick and that thought is very very distressing and to relieve that the compulsion would be washing your hands excessively so maybe so bad that your hands are raw from washing them so much or that it's taking an inordinate amount of time or it's keeping you from being able to do things, you know, the, mm-hmm. that that type of thing. Can I, uh, would you mind, Katie, if I mm-hmm. quickly share a story of a friend who has OCD, just mm-hmm. to kind of, I, I'm sort of revisiting the point of demonstrating how severe the disorder can mm-hmm. sometimes be. And I usually try to use clinical examples, but this is from a friend who, mm-hmm. who it's okay with him if I share it, mm-hmm. which happened when he was in elementary school and he had some of the contamination uh, um, obsessions. And he ended up where he was actually in, he went into the restroom, sort of pushed open the door. It was a push door Mm -hmm. uh, from the outside uh, with his elbow maybe or something like that or his foot and uh, used the restroom. And there, for, I don't remember the exact details, but he wasn't able to have a paper towel to really get back out of the bathroom. And he ended up actually trapped in the bathroom, unable to open the door because how severe his uh, symptoms were at the time until someone else came in. And it was really distressing for him. Um... So yeah, it, it's 
that's where sometimes I, you know, there are sometimes examples of OCD on TV that are kind of quirky, and mm-hmm. I and I understand that, but it's it's also really impairing and distressing for for people who suffer from it. Where mm-hmm. he was in the bathroom crying because he couldn't get out. Yeah, it's it's so painful, and that's why when people kind of lightly say, "Oh, you're OCD because yeah. you prefer to have I don't know a certain." channel the radio on or something or at the volume at a certain level then it feels like it can take away from those who are suffering and so I think some other examples of that are you know some that I've heard of or read about clinically are people who are so worried that they're going to forget to turn their stove off that they have the electricity in their house turned off so they just don't they don't cook anymore or they're late to work because they're flipping their light switches to make sure all the power is off so many times that it takes them an hour to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or things like in in relationships where someone is, uh, you know, they, I don't know, they're walking somewhere and the person, like someone mentioned, tweeted us, the character of As Good As It Gets, he doesn't walk on any cracks, so they're taking a right. very long time to do things. Or they, um, Monk touches stuff as he walks by and has this germ phobia, right? He has, um, similar to what you were describing, he has to wipe his hands. So you can imagine, like, in a, in a romantic relationship or in a friendship, how these things might affect you. And you might even, you know, the other thing with OCD is a lot of people feel very ashamed. They think they should be able to just stop thinking the thoughts. And so they might also try to hide these things from Mm -hmm. people or be afraid and not be able to fully be themselves or, you know, it could interfere with intimacy because they're trying to hide the things that they're ashamed of. And you see that even kids who have OCD kind of just thinking there's something so wrong with them, maybe even being reluctant to tell their parents about it. And so that's one of the really sad parts of this disorder. I was going to, you pointed that out, and I'm happy you did. You can imagine someone who doesn't know that they have the disorder, hasn't been diagnosed, mm-hmm. and just really how uh, how impairing and, and how hurtful that might feel. Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, and I can think of other examples where people who are afraid, there some people have an obsession that they've hit someone with their car every time they hit a bump mm-hmm. in the car, and they get out and they have to check the car and spend a long time doing that. Some of them get to the point where they're not driving and how that affects their employment opportunities, dating opportunities, like anything. And and uh, being able to tell people that, like you said, they if they don't understand it's OCD, it can even be worse because they just think, hey, there's something really wrong with my mind and I just keep doing this stuff, even though a lot of times rationally they know it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And that's one of the painful parts of it, for sure. Yeah, so sorry for the the tangent, but I was just sort of thinking about that as we were introducing the topic. No, the illustration's important, I think, for why, what makes this a disorder rather than a a little quirk. quirk, Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. That really was my point of trying to bring Mm -hmm. it up. I I think that's very helpful. Um, So who's affected by OCD? They're... There are some estimates that it's about 1% to 3% of people in their lifetime worldwide will meet diagnostic criteria for OCD, which we've described um, includes these obsessional-type thoughts and compulsions typically, although you can have either or Mm -hmm. and distress and impairment. The peak age of onset in males is 6 to 15 years old. Females, it's higher, 20 to 29 years old. 
Um, and as we talked about, because of shame, people can be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. They might be afraid they're going to hear some, there's something really wrong with them. And it tends to be chronic if it's not treated. This disorder persists without treatment, typically. And people who have it are increased risk for depression, other anxiety disorders, sometimes substance use. So I've seen before people who are so bothered by the intrusive thoughts that they can't relax, and so they might drink or smoke marijuana or do something mm-hmm. to get some relief from it. And that's where uh, it really goes back to a, a lot of the, I think, being careful about language and uh, and and some of the uh, the shame. It, it's just so sad to me um, to, that people are suffering and might experience these additional uh, comorbid problems uh, if it goes untreated just because of some of the stigma that's out there. Uh, revolving around mental health and, and treatment and therapy and what what is therapy and can talking really help and and of course there are different types of treatments but just as one example yeah i think that's a great point because then it's like you have the pain associated with having the disorder and then kind of a secondary suffering for judging yourself yeah. for being ashamed that you have the disorder and you can't stop doing the behaviors and that's really sad to me and you can you can easily see how a major depressive disorder might oh uh, yeah might kind of spin out of that cyclical mm-hmm. sort of uh, nature of of behaviors and and thoughts and yeah absolutely. and deciding it's not worth going places because of all the rituals oh, involved absolutely. you know if you have contamination fears to the point where you're afraid to use public restrooms that could limit a lot of your activities or oh, like yeah. it's not worth it for me mm-hmm. to go and before you know it, then there's social isolation, mm-hmm. and, and that comes with its own set of problems. And loneliness, and we've talked about the danger of loneliness before, so uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so what, what causes OCD? There are some family history studies suggesting that there's a genetic component to it. So for example, what they'll do is they'll look at twins who are identical, who have 100% of the same DNA, and compare them to twins who are fraternal who share 50% of the same DNA and if there's a genetic component you expect if one twin has OCD the other is much more likely to have it if they're identical Mm -hmm. because they have the same 100% of the Mm -hmm. same genetics and indeed they do find that that if a twin has OCD and you're then you're and you're an identical twin you're much more likely to have OCD than if you're a fraternal twin and so that does suggest that genetics is one component of this as usual, there are, we look at things uh, we've mentioned before through a biopsychosocial model, mm-hmm. meaning that there, we think there, there are genetic influences, but there are also some psychological mm-hmm. influences, and they kind of interact with each other. So maybe one thing to talk about is we talk about genetics sometimes, but how that can look psychologically like what's being passed on well there are some personality type or temperament characteristics that might put people at greater risk for Mm -hmm. ocd kind of the genotype and phenotype sort of breakdown that's right i like it that's really nice uh so (laughs) people with ocd uh what you might see they generally might be uh more just generally anxious or distressed uh more easily uh, they might have more uh, moralistic or rigid thinking. Sometimes this can be some of that more black and white thinking. That's where a lot of the examples from Batman, are, of course, mm-hmm. are so strong oh, and, yeah. and fit so well within the obsessive compulsive personality disorder box. So uh, really things just need to be their way and uh, they're really uncomfortable with either thinking differently 
or to doing things differently uh, and the belief that they should control all of their thoughts. So we talked about some of the intrusive thoughts about things. I think Katie used the example of uh, I need to go and check all of the doors or, or what if the doors aren't locked? And of course those thoughts are, are intrusive. They happen automatically for the person but they very much want to be able to control them. They try to avoid or inhibit having those thoughts which makes it all the more distressing uh, for them when they continue to experience the thought and eventually often have to act upon it uh, to reduce the anxiety that they experience. Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's you know, in terms of one of the other things, I mentioned um, the car example, but another not uncommon, which is a weird way to say things, but um, way a uh, form of obsession can be causing harm to other people and so from time to time people will have a thought rush into their mind of like maybe they're punching someone or hurting someone they love and for people who maybe don't have those personality characteristics they might be well that's really weird mm -hmm. that that came into my mind but if you're someone who thinks you should control all of your thoughts and you have very strong moralistic thinking you might think i'm a bad person i need to get rid of that thought and that might be compel people to act in a way that changes that. So maybe they develop a ritual to kind of rid their mind of that thought. And I'm noticing we have an upcoming meeting soon, so I wonder if we should it's wrap true. up part one of our episode. Yeah, and, that sounds and, good. And talk some more about obsessive compulsive disorder for next week's episode. That sounds really great. Yeah, so we, we are on a time crunch, as mentioned. We're, we're off-site. Um, so we'll cut it off a little bit earlier than usual. This will mm -hmm. be a little bit of a shorter episode. We'll come back again and finish sort of describing obsessive compulsive disorder, what the disorder really consists of. And then what we'll do is dive into some of the characters that uh, we've already had a lot of good ones suggested. Uh, and if you have any other characters that you think may uh, depict obsessive compulsive disorder, just go ahead and tweet or message them to us. And uh, we'll take a look if there's someone that we're familiar with. If not, we'll... We'll take a look and see what we can learn in the time that we have and maybe talk about and break down some of those characters and whether or not they're accurate or inaccurate and, uh, yeah, and just kind of our usual breakdown. Don't worry, we'll be thorough, but it'll be, <laughs> it'll be multiple episodes. We're going to make sure to talk about this enough. It'll just be in little kind of short yeah. Jedi Council doses. Bite-sized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, folks, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening in, and uh, I'll keep the... the, um, the Ultra a little bit briefer today because our meeting starts right now. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening in, and uh, you'll hear from us next week.